so my dad was a grave digger and I actually wrote a memoir about that. So that came out 10 years ago. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in cemeteries. And if you know anything about cemeteries, there's a lot of history there. So I was just immediately fascinated with who, who were these people? What did they do? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Curiosity, the communication and media department podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Petzel. And I'm your co-host, Jake Sparrow. And today we have a special guest, Professor Dr. Rachel Hanel. Uh, would you please introduce yourself a bit and let us know what you prefer to be called? Sure. You can call me Rachel. So I'm Dr. Rachel Hanel. I teach in the creative writing program. I'm an associate professor, uh, not new to MSU, but pretty new to creative writing. So I'd spent the last 10 years working in the mass communication department before transferring to the English department to, to teach creative nonfiction. All right. Awesome. And so um, uh, how the interview process will go is that we're just going to do some quick fire questions and then we'll get into some of the deeper stuff. Is okay. that okay? Sounds great. All right. Let's get started. All right. Favorite TV show? Golden Girls. <laughs> Love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> like That's all I talk about. Uh, favorite book? Oh my gosh. Putting me on the spot. How about The Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean? Favorite children's book? Uh, that's easy. Bridge to Terabithia. Least favorite children's book? Oh, am I, am I going to be hunted down if I say this? I'm going to say it. <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Already some controversy here. We can get into that uh, later. <laughs> uh, why MSU? Oh, I went to school here as an undergrad and it wasn't I will say this too, wasn't my first choice. So I kind of ended up here, but I couldn't have been happier as an undergrad being here. And I've really always been here in some form or fashion, whether a student, an adjunct instructor, a professor for almost 30 years now. And I just love it. It feels like home. Favorite class that you taught in college? So last semester, I was able to teach an undergraduate creative nonfiction class. So creative nonfiction is really my wheelhouse. So being able to teach it has been wonderful. Three bands or musicians in your music rotation? Morrissey, The Smiths, and Frightened Rabbit. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Muppet? Cookie Monster, because I love cookies. Uh, regular or sparkling water? Regular. Favorite magazine? The New York Times Sunday Magazine. What's one word that describes you best? Uh, energetic. All right, solid. <laughs> yeah, and um, now that we're done with the quick fire questions, we will get on to the more tougher questions, I guess. Okay. Um, the first one would be, when do you think you first realized you wanted to be a writer for, for a living? That is a great question. I was pretty young. I was maybe 11 or 12. I always liked writing and I liked reading. I loved reading. Um, and I knew I was good at writing, but also I grew up uh, in the 80s. So that was a time when people really weren't having writing career, like they, they weren't writing novels or that kind of thing. You know, kids weren't writing novels. That the, so that would have never crossed my mind. So that's when I thought, well, I'll go into journalism because I like to write and I know I can make money doing that. Like I can get a job doing that. So yeah, I was pretty young when I realized that. What do you remember writing when you were little? That's another thing too. I was not a kid who liked to write fiction. Like I've always liked 
true stories. And I was always really captivated by uh, the news. Uh, we had the news on a lot when I was growing up because we only had three TV channels. So the news was always going to be on. My dad would bring home newspapers. So I wrote things like that. Like I wrote little reports or in school, I loved writing research papers. I mean, that kind of thing, just learning about things and, and writing them. That was the kind of stuff I was writing even when I was a kid. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was pretty nerdy. <laughs> um, well, so then writing about like the truth is what mm-hmm. like inspires you as a writer. Absolutely. So then like with that in mind, would you be able to briefly describe your process and approach? Uh, so I still do write nonfiction. Um, so my process is trying to learn as much about something as I can. So it's a lot of research. Like I will just read a ton of books. I will go on the internet. What can I find on the internet? I'll go to the library and start pulling things um, just to get as much information as possible and a lot of contextual information. So you might be researching one really specific thing, but if you think about everything that surrounds it, like I'm also, I'm, I'm into history. So I have a master's degree in history. So I might be researching this one particular person or event that happened in history, but I'm also going to want to find out what else was going on in that time period. So before I even sit down to write, I will have read a lot and I will have researched a lot. How long do you think you've spent like researching a project? So I have a book that came out in December, 2022. I started it in 1999. Oh, yes. That's 23 years. And so what, what's the book about? The book is about a woman who's from Southern Minnesota uh, her name was Camilla Hall, and she ended up moving to California in the early 1970s. And if you know anything about history, that was a very fraught time in American history. A lot of protests, you know, Vietnam War, equal rights, all of that was going on. So there were many protest groups that sprang up out of that. And she got involved in one that was particularly radical, particularly violent. And she actually ended up dying. She was uh, in a shootout with Los Angeles police because of her involvement in this group. So I was just really fascinated to try to figure out how somebody goes from Southern Minnesota, you know, just kind of looks like a normal life um, to getting wrapped up in something that was just so violent and radical. Oh, I recall like looking at that. It was something Liberation Party. Yes, a Symbionese Liberation Army. Yes, the SLA. (laughs) Yeah, kind of a long name. Could you tell us how your upbringing has affected your writing? Yeah, that's also a really good question. I th- because I think about it a lot, and I think about how that has informed me. Uh, so my dad was a grave digger, and I actually wrote a memoir about that. So that came out 10 years ago. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in cemeteries. And if you know anything about cemeteries, um, it, there's a lot of history there. So I was just immediately fascinated with who, who were these people, what did they do? Um, I had a really early sense that there were people before me, you know, that, that had lived in this place. So I know that definitely that sparked my interest in history and in true stories too, because then there were a lot of really captivating uh, stories that came out of the cemeteries as well. But I also think about my parents and they raised me uh, so well. Uh, They were really hard workers. So in terms of work ethic, I had really great models that way. Um, I'm a really hard worker. And they were also so encouraging, but in a really subtle way. So again, growing up in the 80s, uh, there wasn't a lot of 
you're great and everybody's great and everybody wins a medal, you know, kind of thing. But whatever I wanted to do, my parents were always very encouraging. So they knew I liked to write. They were never trying to talk me out of it or anything. They were just like, let, let her do whatever she wants to do. So I was really grateful for that. What was it like for you when you, um, like when your publications came out and you got to show your family? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think, well, for one thing, I think they were just really surprised. Like, Ooh, we're in a book. <laughs> she wrote about us. Um, I mean, I like to think I wrote about them in a, in a nice way and in a fair way. Uh, so I think there was that kind of that surprise, but also not a surprise, like just with my family knowing that I always like to write and always had that natural inclination. They probably just figured it would be a matter of time. So with you like having your BA in mass communication and history and a PhD in creative writing, mm-hmm. what helped lead you in your academic career? Yeah, I've been really fortunate again to just pursue what interests me. So, you know, for my BA, loving journalism, knowing that that's what I wanted to do. So that was really easy. And then I had a history minor and a speech comm minor back then they called it speech comm. Um, but I looked at the catalog of courses for history courses and like for a minor, you only had to take five courses, I think. And I thought, how will I decide these all look so wonderful? So that's, I just became a double major. I thought I just want to major in history and then went back for a master's degree, not really having any plan for it. So again, just choosing a master's degree based on something that I loved. So that was history for the master's degree. And then once I was teaching here and I knew I wanted to do it full-time and on a permanent basis, I basically had to get a PhD. Uh, so the PhD just came along uh, because, well, I had to get one. Uh, and creative writing at that point in my life uh, was the right choice for that. So then when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? So I started here in 2002 as an adjunct instructor, so teaching one class a semester. And at that point, I was still working at the Mankato Free Press as a reporter and copy editor which I loved. I loved that job. Uh, But when I got into the classroom, I thought, I love this even more. I just really enjoyed being able to impart what I knew to students, but also like you learn from students too. So there's that whole back and forth engagement that just was really uh, satisfying and really a lot of energy going on there in the classroom. I liked it. Yeah, I guess. Do you have any particular stories about a student you had? Well, I mean, we've had great students in the past who have gone on to do really great things um, in the mass comm field. So, you know, we have students working at big newspapers and big media outlets. Uh, We've had students go on to law school after they've had a degree in mass communication. Um, So just seeing that kind of success. uh, There's a student right now here on campus, Julia Barton. She's the editor of The Reporter. And she has a job lined up at the Sioux Falls TV station. So it's just like she's going right into a pretty decent-sized market for television after her career here is done. Uh, So seeing examples like that is really fun. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You have written more than 20 um, nonfiction children's books. What drove you to uh, that genre? Yeah, uh, I do have a lot of book titles under my name. So if you go to Amazon, you know, you'll see a lot of books pop up. So those books are a little different than, say, the the other two books that I've written of creative nonfiction, just in terms of those were assigned to me. So we have some book publishers here in Mankato, and I've known people who have worked there as editors. And so they used to just 
you know, shoot me an email and say, hey, we have some titles to assign. Do you want to write some books for us? And I'd say, yeah, because I'd love to write. And I really view those kind of books. They're just like extended research papers. You know, you're writing for a fifth or sixth grade audience about certain topics. Um, but those wouldn't be books like I would not write on my own, you know, because I've written about all sorts of things. So it's not like I woke up one day and thought I'd like to write a book on cheetahs or I'd like to write a book on Nebraska, which I have written books on those topics. So I kind of see that as like a little side gig. I mean, I did that purely for for money. You know, I mean, they you sign a contract, they give you some money to to write these books. So that was kind of my freelance world back in the day. Oh, is that pretty common for like children publishers? Yeah, it, it is pretty common. Um, so the books that I wrote, the children's publishers or the book publishers for those books, it is very specific to the um, school library market. So you might not see these books like on a, on a Barnes and Noble bookshelf, but it's like that's the books that the school librarians order. So it's kind of like a different, like an educational market. And that is very freelance heavy, like a lot of writers are writing those books on that freelance basis. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you describe a little bit more of your previous experience working at the daily newspaper as a reporter mm -hmm. along with that freelance writing? Sure. So I went to work at the newspaper right when I graduated from MSU, actually a couple months before I technically graduated. So that felt good to have a job all lined up. Uh, so that was 1997. And I was a reporter there for about five years. And then the last couple of years that I was there, I moved to the copy desk. So I was doing copy editing. So uh, reading through the stories, make sure everything made sense, spelled right, writing the headlines, laying out the newspaper before it goes to press. So I was able to do a lot of different roles there. And again, I just really loved it. Um, but then once I finished with my master's degree here, I thought, well, why don't I see if I can just make money freelancing? Uh, so I did that for about four years after I left the free press. I was doing freelance writing work and then the adjunct teaching work as well. What did that look like with your schedule and stuff? Well, like it was nice because it was super flexible, you know, like I didn't have to go to an office. <laughs> it was really nice. And when I was working at the free press, um, I ended, it was a night shift. So, and I'm not really a night person. So it was like a 2 p.m. to midnight shift, like four nights a week and weekends and holidays. And I thought, you know, it'd be nice just to be in charge of my own schedule. So yeah, as a freelance writer, you do have that flexibility. You just Very have cool. to always make sure you have enough work to pay the bills. <laughs> so yeah. it can be a little stressful that way. With, with that space in mind, how did you keep yourself like on task and like generating new ideas and stuff like yeah. that for the paper? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it can get difficult uh, because as a reporter, you know, you do have to fill the paper. So all of us who were working there, uh, we had to write a story a day, or I mean, at least average, like write five stories a week. And, you know, you usually had beats. So you, you had sources and you knew who to contact and you could usually always have ideas. But every once in a while, you'd be like, I don't have anything here today. And kind of just start calling people and asking what, what they know and see if you can write a story. What was your beat? Oh, I had city council beats. So Ooh. I had uh, Saint up in Nicollet <laughs> County. So I had the St. Peter City Council and Nicollet County. So like the city county government beat, which is a really important beat because it's all about the citizens and taxpayers and like what's your tax money being used for. I mean, people want to know, right? When you're paying yeah. taxes, you want to know where your money's going. So so that um, that kind of reporting, like civic reporting is really important. 
What are your thoughts on how we as a society use social media to communicate and tell stories? I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Please share. <laughs> yes. Um, I th- really what it comes down to, it's like anything. There's, there's pros and cons, right? So even if you looked at media 40 years ago, there were pros and cons of the media 40 years ago. So I think some of the pros of social media, I love how democratic it is. Back when I was going to school for journalism, you only had an option to work at a newspaper or a TV station, and those are controlled by editors. And it was it was hard. Like you had to get a degree and try to find a job, and um, there were really no avenues for you just publishing your own work. And so I love the democratic nature of social media that you can just you guys, me, we, like, we can start a blog, we can get on Twitter, we can just like write what we want and put it out there. Uh, so that's really great. Um, but yeah, I do have thoughts that I think we maybe rely too heavily on social media, that there could be a nice balance maybe out there. Like let's read some books and talk to people and do this nice little mix and then also spend some time on our phones, but maybe not all our time on our phones. Yeah, I should go out and hang out with people more rather than just texting with them all day. Yes, go hang out with people. Speaking <laughs> of oh my God, that was the perfect time. Yeah. Somebody wants to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that face-to-face social contact is so important. But I see it happening. I mean, I see it happening. I go out. You know, I see people hanging out. I see people hanging out on campus. So I know it, I know what's happening. So that's good. Do you have any advice for students who are interested in pursuing a career in writing? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested in writing, absolutely do that. Like get your degree in that, try to find a job in that. Uh, I get kind of upset with people who, like if you were to get an English degree or creative writing degree, oh, where are you going to find a job? How are you going to find a job in that? There are always jobs for good people, no matter what your degree is. So if you're a good worker and you have a good work ethic and you work well with other people, there will always be a job for you. Uh, So I really firmly believe that. And I really firmly believe that you, if you're passionate about something, that's what you need to do because then you're going to be good at it rather than forcing yourself to do something just because you think, oh, I can, I can get a job in this area. So I'm going to force myself to like do this career path or school path. If you, if you are doing what you love, you will find a job. What advice would you have for students that feel uncertain about what they're passionate about for doing as a career? Yeah, that happens. So, you know, if you just ended up in school and you're not really sure that's, this is the time to explore, you know, that's why we take the gen eds and see if you might be interested in anything. And then all of the RSOs that are out there. So even if you're not taking courses in something, but you think, gosh, I think I might be interested in podcasting or in film or in writing, like there's an RSO for it or go work at the reporter. It doesn't matter what your major is to go work at the campus newspaper, like finding those experiences also that will help you try out different things without much of a commitment is a good way to do it too. All right. Well, thank you for that. That's good yeah. advice. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with us today? 
or wait, am I, I forgetting not, something? Okay. I do think we should uh, <laughs> um, ask why you hate Harry Potter. Is, <laughs> it, is it just the author or? Here, <laughs> yeah, here I thought I could get away. Or you'd forget about that. So good job remembering that. Now, I actually just watched a video this morning of someone talking about Harry Potter versus the author and such. So oh, it's like well, on my mind. Yep, there's, yes, there is that whole thing going on, right? Um, so because I am so solidly in the nonfiction world and really intrigued by true stories, I'm not much of a fiction fan, although I, I will read fiction, but I really am not a fan of anything fantasy or sci-fi. Oh. Like I just cannot get into that at all just because I'm like, this isn't real. People don't have magic powers and owls don't talk. <laughs> it really starts to bother me. Um, so like a Star Wars or anything like that, I, I cannot do it. So even like say Star Trek? You, you no, uh-uh. <laughs> wow. So you, you, if someone comes up to you and asks um, Star Wars or Star Trek, you say screw them both? Yeah, I'll be like, which one is which? No, I mean, at least I do know like which one is which. But uh, yeah, just not interested. And, and my husband is the opposite. So there's a, there's a lot of fighting over the remote control for the TV of what we're going to watch. Wait, where do you guys find your common ground? Yeah, um, probably like a, a good comedy you know, like a good comedy movie or TV show, yeah, like a Seinfeld. Like we'll oh, sit okay. down and watch yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. You know, that's good. But uh, it draws enough from like real life. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So probably a yeah, probably a good comedy, and because he also likes you know the the action movies and the uh, you know Marvel movies. And again, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Can't do it. So yeah, there are some things that we do like together. Music is the same way, like kind of pretty divergent, but yeah, there's a little middle ground that we can share together. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah. So then, uh, well, with wrapping wrapping stuff up, I don't want to. We don't want to take too much of your time. Do you have anything else that you would like to add, or do you have any questions for us? Well, sure, I have questions for you. So, are you both com students, or what's the deal? Yeah, I'm a <laughs> communications and uh, mass media minor. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm, com I'm a communications with a advocacy minor. Oh, the advocacy minor. That's good. And did you both know when you were young that you wanted to do something like this? I or how did you, did like, find out about, hey, I think I'd like to do comm studies and be on the radio? And I did not, like, think about this as a possible, like, job growing up. Mm -hmm. I chose communications because I wanted to... Uh, help create effective communication in the workplace. Yeah, yep. and I don't I haven't quite like figured out what that means for like a job, but I do mm -hmm. enjoy playing around with soundboards and yeah, and this kind of equipment. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. and I uh, chose it actually partly because I just enjoy the classes, and it's just kind of like a no matter what field I end up going into, it's like communications is a decent one, and for the podcasting. I actually wanted to be a teacher as I grew up, oh. but when my mom became a professor, it's like, you know, this feels like too much work for too little pay. So, <laughs> I think uh, you're right. <laughs> I think, um, actually, uh, actually, that'd probably be 
might be part of why I like the podcast and getting my voice out there. Maybe possibly um, doing something where I could end up teaching someone without having to do all the work of a teacher. That's exactly it. And that's what I liked about journalism because like you are teaching people, you know, you're informing them or even the kids books that I wrote, like I'm teaching, but I don't have to be in a classroom, especially like a classroom with kids, you know, little kids um, that I think any kind of communication field really does come down to teaching like you're informing people about something yeah all right well again thank you for coming on our podcast today thanks for having me i love it thanks everybody for listening